gonna are you gonna give us another Shania song this week? <laughs> another Shania song that would impress you much, I'm sure. Um, but, <laughs> um, to be honest, to be honest, to be 100% honest with you, I don't think I know any more of her songs. To be fair, what do you mean? What do you mean? Shania's queen. Shania's queen. What do you like, like like Beyonce? Like Beyonce's queen. <laughs> Shania's like queen of country. <laughs> I thought you meant Shania was queen, as in like Freddie Mercury and, and <laughs> the others. The uh, oh, that doesn't sound like you know them. The band. Oh, <laughs> you noticed how I lost confidence and went <laughs> Queen and the others. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I reckon I can. I should. I ought to know because I listened to so much of John Robbins. Um, so Brian May, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Freddie, mm-hmm. uh, Deacon, John Deacon. Yeah, let's go, John Deacon yep. and That's Roger Taylor. Player. Oh, very good, mate. Very good. Is that right? That's yeah, bang on the money. Yeah. Nice. Um yeah. Well, I don't I don't know how this episode could get any better, really. Um I think we we'll call it we'll call it there, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> call it a pod. Um, yeah, yeah. Fitz done something right. Um hey, uh, stop the press, mate. Um hello, by the way. Um I hello, guess we I guess we start recording. Hello, dear hello, dear listener. Um <laughs> hope, hope you're well. How are you, Mr. Turner? I'm doing good, mate. Yeah, I'm doing really, really good. How are you? I'm very well. I think this is a bit of a giddy start to uh, to a pod, but um, with good reason, I would say, because we've just had an absolute blinder, haven't we? It's been a belter, isn't it? What an episode! What an ep- what a nice chat! Oh my word! You you dear listener will hear, but yeah, we have just been having a great chat with uh, the one and only Scott Bennett, and just from start to finish, what a lovely bloke! Properly nice. <laughs> He um, really was. He gave me some sound advice. He gave me some horrendous, haunting advice that I will not forget. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was Good. it was a great chat. And it felt I don't know about you, but it felt like we knew Scott for years. Like, and I've only ever seen him on his his Facebook. Um, I've I've never met the guy before, and it it felt straight away from the off that that we had all been friends for for a long time. Yeah, I think you know, obviously he's he's our first guest appearing on the pod um and that in itself is is quite a nerve-wracking thing but it was a real pleasure from start to finish and as you say it kind of didn't really feel like an interview did it it was just uh, interview such a kind of wanky word but it was it was just such a lovely chat (laughs) yeah it really was yeah um I, i think we should save this conversation until the end and we'll just let the listeners get into scott bennett and work out who he is what do you reckon yeah well as you say further ado is shit so without any of that, <laughs> let's, uh, let's crack on. That's brilliant. I love that. Nice. You're, you're welcome, mate. That is a fixism for you. Further ado is shit. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Oh, but this isn't shit. You're in for a treat. See you on the other side. <laughs> check past or something. I don't know what that means. Look at that. Oh. We're, well, oh. so um, so th- this is Fitz. Hello, um, Scott. And... Hi. Sam, Sam is the other handsome voice you'll hear in just a sec. I am indeed. Okay, Hello, mate. Great. How are you? Yeah. Thank you. I'm Thank great. You very much. Thank you very much for doing this. It's a pleasure. This is. Uh, I've never come across this technology before. This is pretty impressive. This. I've not done an audio interview like this, so it seems quite well set up. This stuff. Is it, is it well, I, I would love to take the credit for it, but um, <laughs> Sam, Sam is self-appointed technical director for for our podcast, and so yeah, he stumbled upon it the other day, and it's it's blooming brilliant. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> he calls me the technical director, but I think I'm more of a technical idiot, and I just use Google. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I've, I think this is... We've all become uh, IT support in the last six weeks, haven't we? We have to. To a, a ridiculous <laughs> level. I, I, even, yeah. even my mum and dad. My dad sent me a video via WhatsApp this morning. I, I, my head nearly fell off. I don't know what's... <laughs> that's, that's never happened. This is a man who's never used technology before, and this is the level we're at now. He said, and then he said to me, I tried to send it via messenger, but it, it might need compressing. I was like, this isn't even my dad anymore. I don't know who this man is. <laughs> it's just become Bill Gates overnight. Do you know what I mean? People, people are improving in lockdown. That's uh, Oh, man, that's incredible. It's an incredible <laughs> that's achievement. so good. Yeah. I, uh, I managed to get, it's not anywhere near as impressive as that, but I managed to... Um, teach my mum how to download a podcast and obviously that was remotely teaching her how to do it and uh after about a week i said oh so have you checked out the podcast and she went oh no i've no chance to watch it yet i said no mother no no that's uh, that's not how podcasts work but never mind <laughs> i know i know it's it's I, I mean i think they've all just sort of we have a zoom quiz on a sunday and the first week was just sort of chaos do you know what i mean people muting themselves deleting the app it was just a mess, and then within now, now they're all flying. They're like, my dad's muting the mic so he can confer with my mum. I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know what's happened to these two. Seventy years old, and they've become IT gurus. It's amazing. It is amazing. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Do you, do you reckon though, Scott, that once this is all over, that'll be that'll be it, and it'll be back to how do you do this and how do you do yeah. that? Within within sort of a two days, they'll regress back to not being able to switch the telly on or something. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. It, it does feel like like I've I'm writing bits of bobs about how what the world's going to like and, and whether there are any positives. But I think that's one of them is that old people have suddenly had a massive technical boost do you know what i mean so i think i think that's one positive but yeah i don't know it's going to be funny when they come out of it the other side i think i've been very surprised how good they picked it all up if i'm being honest yeah you're going to start getting flowers uh, pictures of like wildflowers and stuff as they're going around and it's oh, going to be endless might, for you now isn't it? i might have to it might have to mute my own parents that's what i'm thinking about imagine having to mute them like you know from the whatsapp group or something just like oh i'll have a break how long a year it's going to need a year's break from this conversation Do you know what i mean my dad taking pictures of everything but they they've started they have standing standing funny memes now and i think that's the beginning of the end isn't it it's just like, is, oh, yeah. it's relentless i'm like come on dad do you know what i mean i've got i've got stuff to do mate do you know i'm like he's he's become the kid he's become the teenager you know check this out i'm like come on mate yeah it's all right uh, how so are you good. guys bearing so up? Are, you, are you all in different parts of the country where are you yeah, so we're um we're both based in the southwest, so um kind of broadly speaking near Exeter. Um, yeah, I'm I'm at my in-laws at the minute, so I'm actually right in the countryside, which is very nice. Um, you might be able to hear the dogs howling below me. Uh, oh. They haven't haven't been out for their afternoon walk yet, so that'll be me a bit later on. But uh, wow. but yeah, we're we're doing all right, thank you. Yeah, and cool, I, cool. I, I, I'm also on the M5 corridor, and I've had to move back with my mum, which has been entertaining because I'm one of those extremely vulnerable people, and my other half's a key worker. So, uh, yeah, this is it's interesting living back oh, with wow. the parents. It's... <laughs> oh my god! But to be fair, Sam, you, you're what twelve weeks? You're supposed to be uh, certainly at the moment twelve weeks, and it's flown by, isn't it? We must be halfway through now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we are about halfway through, and um, yeah, the end can't come quick enough. 
lovely. Every, everyone's had that little taste of going back to living at home again, which seems yeah, strange. Yeah, it. It's like it's like wherever you were when lockdown was announced, that's your default position now, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a real a real sort of <laughs> yeah. strange. It's sort of like you know people who who sort of pop round to someone's house to stay for the weekend. They might not really like them, and they were like, "Oh no, you can stay over, mate. It'll be fine." Yeah, and then they're like, "Right, I live here now." Shit, yeah, yeah. that's the thing in it. You're like, "Oh god, what are we gonna do?" So, yeah, very, there's, there's quite a, quite a few people I I know of um uh, quite a few people who have got into fairly new relationships, and and they are right in at the deep end they're basically living with this person in lockdown and i imagine yeah. that would be a that's that's a baptism of fire if nothing else isn't it well yeah because that's gone straight from sort of it's not, it's not the yeah. best start is it <laughs> no that's gone straight from oh yeah we, well we we had a good date at nando's to this yeah. is your room <laughs> yeah it's that sort of like it's, it's weird isn't it it's so like all, all the needy people coming together, but yeah, it's it's. A, I, I thought of that. It must be very because for us, it's the same situation, really. I've literally just finished homeschooling my daughter, uh, so she's you know, and it's just very odd. Like we've got sort of just very strange days at the moment. You know, I can't. I've got full sympathy with teachers because she's so lazy, man. She's just so <laughs> lazy. She's so, she's she's very cap- capable girl, but my god, sort of drifts like talking about anything but you know, just like I'm like, come on, mate, focus, mate. <laughs> just like this, this is ridiculous. Come on, this is like, and then trying to do maths, even maths for a ten-year-old when you haven't done, old, yeah, yeah, when you haven't done maths for years, like you've yeah. sort of done the maths. I did bits at uni, but not like you know, like the sort of like long division. I was sat there going, "Oh God, I'm going to have to Google this. Can't yeah. remember to do it anymore." You know, I don't think there's any shame in that. No shame in that whatsoever. I know. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for thank you for coming. It's 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 an absolute it's our pleasure, honestly. And um, so, I mean, I, I guess to to give you a bit of a um, very brief kind of intro to what the podcast is. So, uh, obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a comedian. Sam's a musician. So, t- together we are musician. And um, the oh, whole. I like that. <laughs> thank you um, the, the whole premise really is that we chat about comedy and music and in about a year's time although we've just been discussing it's actually now about 10 months time sam's going to do his first ever comedy gig and wow. i'm going to do my first ever um music gig so i'm going to learn guitar and and do a we'll do a live pod and and that's the premise so that's um that's kind of where we're at and yeah but basically we'd just love to kind of have a little chat with you and and find out uh, a little bit obviously about you and how you got into it and, and things like that and sure. um and and yeah it's pro- you're probably not gonna be able to retire off the back of uh, an appearance on here but we uh <laughs> you, you never know <laughs> no it's very nice i mean that's a, that sounds like a bit like the program, like, do you remember, like, wives, not wives, like, faking it or something? Do you remember yeah, faking yeah, yeah. it? When yeah, you're yeah. sort of, you go and sort of, you're, you're switching roles now. I mean, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? That is, yeah. it's a really interesting study, that, actually, to whether you can do it. I mean, I've not, I don't it's, play it's... any instrument. I play the guitar badly, but that's it, you know. Oh, nice. That's better than me. But, it's really <laughs> no, it's cool, just, I play I'm... it. Well, yeah. <laughs> go on, it's, it's a really cool premise, because... Um, uh, I basically, oh god, Siri's setting off. It's a really cool premise because uh, 
I've always wanted to do a comedy set. Like I've I've kind of watched fits at gigs and I've watched other comedy gigs and always gone like oh, I'd really like to give that a go, but I just don't know if I've got what it takes. And I think Fitz has done mm. exactly the same, but on on kind of on the music side. Um, so I'd love like later on to get your kind of your advice as to what you can uh, yeah what you can offer me. Well, I already I already think like Fitz has got the easier deal. <laughs> if you want my honest opinion because you've got like you're going to have that weird thing fits of going on there and being able to relax and not feel panicked into chasing any laughs of any discreet it's just going to be this is what i do that's a really good point listen. i hadn't even thought about and that also yeah, yeah. as well the thing is at the end of every song they're going to clap no matter yeah, how yeah. shit it is they will clap because <laughs> it's a pavlovian response isn't it with music you yeah. get a clap for that's a man with an instrument congratulations well done whereas you sam you're gonna have to work my friend you'll yeah. go like that first 30 seconds you're gonna be good evening they're gonna be so what mate get on with it where's the first punchline you're gonna be under pressure mate i want to come and see it Oh, you oh, would, you'll you have would to, be a welcome guest of honor. Don't worry um, about that. Oh, that's terrifying. Thanks, thanks, Scott. Uh, no, sorry, <laughs> you feel, take that, take that. Do what you can with that. Uh, but yeah, it's the, it is that weird thing of though, isn't it? The difference in I've noticed that before. Like I've seen, uh, I've seen, I've been to sort of open mic nights and that. And like, if you've got a guitar, it's already fifteen percent more audience love. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah, interesting. Right. But, but yeah, wow interesting yeah but yeah i've got i've got some advice i don't know why well, i haven't really but you know what i mean that's what that's an interesting social study in it i think yeah it yeah certainly it, it, it certainly will be and it's either going to completely fail or we're going to be masters of each other's crafts by the end of it um, well, it's, yeah. it's not going to fail mate because um did you not listen to scott i'm going to get a round of applause whatever happens you could you could literally t- tune the guitar for about 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. at the end of it people be like brilliant that it's so meta comedy he just tuned the guitar man oh it's like Stuart lee with a guitar yeah. brilliant <laughs> very very good so um it's scott what was your kind of what got you into comedy then um i to be honest i was just a massive fan of comedy so um i've always i've always loved it and and it's it's actually funny that you're swapping roles as comedy and music because for me comedy is like my I, i love music but comedy has been more important in my life than music, if I'm being honest. So like, I, I remember the first time I saw certain things on telly or I saw certain bits of stand-up or I remember them, how I felt when I watched uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You or I saw, discovered Partridge for the first time. That's the sort of things for me where I feel like those moments in life, like event television, like watching Bottom on a, a, a Friday night or watching Shooting Stars on a Friday night, that sort of has burnt into my brain really and I think from that point on I just thought I don't know how to get into this and I thought that for a long time I thought I don't know how to get into this but I know that I love this and I know that this is like everything I want but I just don't know how to get into it so that was the starting point for God you know 20 well nearly no 10 years really I thought I got really got big into comedy about 15 16 and then yeah for about 15 years I just all I did was watch it and go see it and didn't do anything with it it's very odd amazing <laughs> very strange. yeah 
So you you mentioned a couple of um, obviously shows that likewise I kind of watched as well when I was growing up, and uh, mm. I guess well we we did an episode a, a couple of weeks ago about kind of comedy inspirations, and uh, I was just wondering who who kind of inspired you? Who you mentioned obviously the shows and Partridge and whatnot, but were there yeah. any stand ups that you watched and thought, oh yeah, they're brilliant? Yeah, I think I think what it was, it was very odd. I, I remember um, my dad brought home it was it was like a free cassette on the front of the daily mirror this was like must i must have been about 12 or something and he sort of said oh this has got some stuff on there you might like and, I, and it had like um it was it was really eclectic so it had like uh rowan atkinson doing the head teacher speech it had like <laughs> um bits do you know that one where he sort of does all it's it's beautifully performed and then it's it like is absolutely masterful yeah i love it so perfect and then they had like uh, peter cooker dudley moore doing one leg too few which is like the tarzan uh i don't know if you've ever seen that one where uh, dudley moore plays a one-legged tarzan and uh, he wants he's got one <laughs> leg he wants to be tarzan and and uh peter cook sort of is interviewing him and they play it so seriously and then it's got it's got that sort of classic line which even at 12 year old i was like that's some of the best jokes a joke writing i've ever heard where he said oh I, I, listen, I've got nothing against your right leg. It's a beautiful leg. When it came in here, I thought that's a that's a beautiful leg. I've got nothing against your right leg. The problem is neither of you. And that was like that moment when that 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 joke joke landed, and I was just like, oh god, that's so good. And and, and I don't know how. It's very odd because you even back then you know when something's great. So there's a there's a lot of that going on that I was listening to a lot. Uh, and then I. Um, I'm trying to think what what was the first thing I discovered. I sort of, I was into sort of the young ones. Uh, I remember watching that on telly, Red Dwarf. I remember watching all these sort of things quite young, like sort of 12, 11, 12, and thinking, I really love this. And and then um, the first sort of stand-up, or the first time I saw stand-up was I, 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 saw, I went to see Harry Hill when I was about 15, I think. Me and my mate bought tickets. He'd been doing these five minute spots on a show called I think it was the Saturday show that um Lee Hurst presented or so it's very odd. I can't remember. Oh it might have been Lee Mack. Anyway, it was this like sort of show that was on telly and Harry Hill popped up and did these five minute spots. It must have been quite early in his career. And I was just like, I don't know what this is, but it's hilarious. And then we went to see it, my mate and I, at um City Varieties in Leeds and we got on the front row and it was the first time I'd seen stand up. And I just remember about being tired, being knackered because I was laughing that much, just being absolutely exhausted. And <laughs> what, watching him there, and, and when you watch someone like that, the control over the audience and the fact that everyone was in that same space, that headspace, I was like, that is like a, he's like a magician. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you step back and think, that's amazing. So I think that was the first time, sort of 15 year old, when I thought, I love stand up, and, and then uh, and then it was just a case of I just sort of carried on watching it, and there was a lot of stand up on telly back then. Uh, so I was like, we're talking early nineties, where there was like stuff like uh, there was a thing called the Stand Up Show. There yeah, was, I uh, that. There was there was loads of like late night stand up. There was like live at Jonglers used to be on, I'm sure as well. And you'd like you'd catch comedians doing sort of like twenty minute sets, like uh, Arnold O'Hanlon. You'd catch like Sean Locke, Dylan Moran. All these sort of like comics that were sort of coming up, Lee Evans, all these guys that were still doing, and you don't get that anymore. That's a real tragedy, really. You don't get those programs that, you know, see these guys that are basically when they're still on the circuit doing 20 minutes of their best stuff. 
and you think, mm. and it really hooks you in. Like I think that's what's missing now. You don't get that sort of unknown discovery anymore. You tend to get live at the Apollo tends to be a, a shoe in affair that's been considered, and I, and and which is fine. But I think it's not that sort of raw purity that you used to get from watching people who are effectively doing a gig on the circuit. But it's just that there was a camera there. So I, I think that's when it sort of gelled with me that this was something that you could do. You know, you could you could actually do this as a as a career. And uh, I mean, I've I've seen you know some of those programs that you mentioned there, Scott. And uh, we we talked in our second episode, I think, about first gigs. Um, mm. I, I was just going to ask very quickly: Can you remember the the first gig that you you did? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Obviously. So basically. It, it, yeah, it was. It, I was. It was. Thir- I was thirty, so I didn't start until I was t- like two thousand and nine, and I remember I'd been writing stuff and writing jokes. And what what's really weird is when you do sort of stand up. I did bits at uni where I was doing like bits of Harry Hill's stuff uh, and bits of like sketch stuff that is like it was sort of like more of a review. So I wasn't writing much, and it was it was fine in terms of it was all, all, the only thing I would say about that. Is, so I did I did a, a false a couple of false starts when I was at uni at Loughborough. I did like a couple of the ad reviews at the end of the year in like the house the houses you were in or whatever it is I, don't, I can't remember the halls that was it and so people would turn up with guitars like and they'd turn up like uh, and do sort of do covers and stuff and then I sort of thought oh I'll go and I dressed as Harry Hill even though I wasn't bald it's really it's just stupid <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that made any sense to anyone <laughs> however I did, I, sort of did like some of his stuff and someone sort of said to me all oh, right you've got that timing like you know even though it wasn't my own stuff it was like oh you've you've already got you sound like a comic and I think I'd it had gone in via osmosis. I'd done. I'd watched that much stand up that I think I'd sort of learned the the rhythm of it. And then I, I finished uni, went and you know met my wife at uni, and we just we just I just got a proper job nine to five doing like normal human being. And then so I put it on ice for about ten years, and then and then I started writing stuff. And this is what I didn't realize: you don't know if it's funny, do you? So you start writing, and you, you've got no idea what's funny. But then I booked to do a gong show which I, I didn't have any idea what these things were so in nottingham it was above a pub and you go and you you get like two minutes grace and then they can vote you off it's a it's a sounds horrendous on paper and it's often horrendous it often reality. is yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, uh, so this one though obviously it was quite my wife was there it was halloween 2009 and there was hardly anyone in uh, and I went along and I just thought, you know, I'm going to have a go. And I, and I can't even remember what my first five minutes were. But I remember I, I won the, the show uh, on the first gig. And I, and and it was a weird feeling where I, I did think at the time, I thought, this I might be reading so much into this, but I think I can do this. I think I... I, 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 the stuff I'm saying is like dog shit, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that funny. It's not that funny. I need to improve that. However, I think you, if you've got something that the audience can sort of, it sounds right. I think that's the initial thing is like, you just got to feel comfortable up there. I think that's what I think people, uh, get you. You sort of think, Oh, I feel like I can do this I don't feel terrified I feel excited and and then it just came uh, and then like you know yourselves like the first like, a year is just an apprenticeship sort of flogging yourself in it around the country and and you start to build and build and then 
you know, 10 years later, a pandemic wipes all that hard work out. So, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you, could, if you could go back to your younger self mm. now, would you, have, would you have any advice for him? Yeah, mm. it's an interesting one, that, because I think, I think there's a lot of things in life where, uh, and I say that to my daughter, is I didn't go for things. Like, I didn't have the confidence to just go for it. There's two things going on, really, because... If I'd have started at 21 and not got a job and not um, gone into a career, then I'd have had a lot more time. I'd have probably been uh, a lot further on and noticed more with the industry, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't have as much to talk about. Oh, I didn't feel like I had much to talk about. So I think it's sort of a combination of confidence. And I think I think the thing is, the difficulty is, it's a lot to do with background. Because I think if you're quite... If you're from a, a background that's uh, creative, like your mum and dad are in the arts or your mum and dad have, you know, no producers or you're quite, you know, privileged in that respect within the industry, then I think they would have probably turned around to me and gone, well, why don't you just see what happens? But I'm from a sort of working class sort of background where my dad's had two jobs forever and my mum works. And, and so, like, when you come out of union, you've got 28 grand debt or whatever it is, you just go, right, I'm going to, I'm going to start work. And I, I think that's the, that's the difficulty really. Cause when you, when you, it, it's very hard to, to, for someone to tell you about an industry you're not even aware of. Cause if someone has sat down and gone, do you know how this works? You know, show business or whatever, you know, you've got to start, you know, move to London, start working your way up. So I think there's a lot of things that I could have done back then to make it easier for me now. Does that make sense? Mm. yeah it does yeah i think I, mm. it's one of those things you always look back and go uh if i've moved to london i could have got on so quicker and been where i am in a year rather than 10 years mm. don't you it's mm. it's, it's an and interesting I, point I, I, yeah and i think i think that's changing though i think i think london it's not so london centric anymore and I, I and i think this industry things the good does rise to the top <clears> eventually but i think it's more from a personal st- uh, viewpoint i think i limited myself because i was too panicked about not having any money or not taking a chance or it not working out. And my parents really didn't understand what the hell it was. I mean, my dad's great and my mum and dad are great, but I think secretly they're just thinking, what's he doing? (laughs) (laughs) I think my mum's like, my mum's like, I think you should get a job again. You know, secretly I think she's thinking it's, you are shouting punchlines into a webcam in a shed, love. I think we've, probably reach the end of the road you know that sort of thing but but yeah I think it's to do with there's so many factors really but I think I would have told myself to you know have a have a go at things go for it throw caution to the wind I think and that's what I'll try and tell my children the same you know I think that's um well that's that's a really good advice for for your children but also um kind of leads very nicely on to obviously what you're doing at the moment so um would you mind telling uh, the listeners a little bit about what you've been doing since the uh, since the pandemic started i guess yeah so when the world caved in um, <laughs> pretty much i mean it's a very it's a very strange it is weird isn't it i mean i i i'll be honest i it's one of those things where i've had this shed i'm in then i'm in here now so it's like i'm spending so much time in here and i feel like slowly <laughs> i'm going mad I, I, it's like a like a long term sort of i feel like i'm going nuts do you know what i mean cuz like it, the thing is i'd had this shed like I've been writing in here. Uh, I've had it. I had it when I quit my day job, and my wife got me it. I think at the time it was like a lovely gesture, 
Uh, and then now I'm looking back and thinking it was just to keep me out of the house. I think, <laughs> I have, effectively, it's like getting a dog a really nice kennel, isn't it? That's the yeah. same sort of thing. It'll be all right down the bottom of the garden. And, and so I'm, I'm down the bottom of the garden now. Uh, and um, I've got it sort of set up. It's got carpets in and stuff, and like I've got, I've I've done it up. Do you know what? I'm useless at DIY, but it all came together on this shed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is because <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of myself. It's insulated. I've put like you know, it's, electrics are in here. My God, I don't know what happened there. When it comes to the house, it's falling apart. But the shed, sweet mate. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. And I think it's like I've been isolating. In there, really, since long before it was trendy, you know. But it's, uh, I mean, I called it, I called it hiding, hiding from my own kids. But it's, it's a similar thing. So, but, but yeah. So, so what I've done is, I, I was in, I was in the shed, and and um, and then obviously, but the last gig I did was the fourteenth of March, which was at the Nottingham Glee. Uh, and I sort of came off stage and everyone had been sort of touching elbows and there'd been like a little bit of social distance and everyone was laughing about it, to be honest. And I, I never thought, I thought, hey, it's just going to continue like this, just reduce numbers. Do you know what I mean? And you'd be like, oh, I'd be all right. And then it's sort of like when they made the announcement, it was just like, I've never, it was the nearest, I sort of joked to Gemma and said, it's the nearest I've ever come to being cancelled as a comedian. Do you yeah. see what I mean? <laughs> no, like, no, like yeah, I've sent... Sure. So I sent out some weird tweet that's you know spot you know propped up. I've I've done a legion. They found a tweet from two thousand and seven that I've said something contentious, <laughs> and then every email was just dates being pulled out the diary, and literally just the diary just evaporated in must have been forty eight hours, and I was just yeah. like, oh my god. So it, it was one of those things where I, I I thought, well, what what do you do? Do you know what I mean? You. you I, I I'm a firm believer in and I and this has surprised me because I'm a panicker and a worrier and and it would have been much it, it would have been what's very funny is in in the past I've gone under mentally for so much less than this you know what I mean like and and I and I so yeah things like when I left my job to do stand up uh, that I found that really tough and I think I found the guilt and the 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 thing about you know, gamble. Because I, 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 if I'd have stayed in my day job, I'd have been sweet now, really. But that's that's a different conversation. But it's like it's like those things. So so like when this came along, this was like um, a huge crisis that no one could have predicted. So I think people there's there's been a, I've read a few things where they said people who suffer from anxiety are actually doing okay. Uh, I'm obviously there's people struggling, but you know generally there's a feeling that everyone's in it together and it's something that, you know, because everyone's feeling the same, there's like a real feeling of community out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Strength and, in and numbers I, almost. Yeah. Strength in numbers. Yeah. And, and I did think, well, I, I'm, I've still got an audience. There's still people who want to watch comedy. I'm still people who've bought tickets for any shows I've done. And I thought, you know, I've got all these people that have been, you know, putting I've been putting stuff out on my Facebook page, building an audience, and I, and I just thought, well, well, that doesn't need to stop, does it? Surely, and so I I just put a a little video out that night. It was literally the night I think it was the first Thursday where it had all gone downhill, and I said, look, if I do a stand up show from in here, do you know, will anyone be interested in watching it? And it, and it and it was an overwhelming response, and then I just thought, right, let's and it, and it's grown into a weekly show. Um, and brilliant weekly show, if we may say so. Thank you. Yeah, and, it, and yeah. I have I have now realised that I've got to write fifty minutes of stand up every week, which is just like, oh, you idiot, Scott. But it's one of those things where it's been a really good way of um, connecting with people, and I and I think 
Um, it's just been, it's just something that I never would have done if this pandemic hadn't have happened. That actually leads me really nicely onto my next uh, question because, yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but we, at the end of every pod, we have a mm. kind of shout out and a spotlight on different people and who are doing amazing things during this whole horrible crisis. Um, mm. uh, and yours, a couple of episodes, was one. So we did stand up as the shed as our kind of shout out to the world. Um, Appreciate our that. Sm- our small com musician word, anyway. Um, yeah. Now, how do you find material every week? Because that's that's a big ask. Because that's a big set to do every week. Yeah. And, and might I say, I watched episode one and two last night, um, and they were phenomenal. I oh, they were brilliant. You. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's weird. I, I I've sort of what the first one it was sort of me finding my feet. So I, so I, I, I basically in terms of the material, I tend to write all the time anyway, and I, and I did that before the pandemic. So every day I'll try and write something or noodle around an idea I've got. So I was quite fortunate in that I had obviously I've been going a while as well, so I've got quite a backlog of material. Uh, but also I try and make the first twenty minutes topical and and by topical i'm trying to get away from the sort of the standard coronavirus stuff but more like i mean this week i sort of looked at motivation because it's, it's really interesting that some people are saying oh you know that this is the time where we're going to come out of this people are going to come out of this with a play they want to write or they're going to come out of this fitter or learn a new musical instrument that's you fits that one uh, <laughs> and uh, but but then i just thought well what about these people that come out with nothing? Let's celebrate them. Let's, you know, why do we have to feel guilty about being lazy? Because I think, like, for me, time isn't the problem. Do you know what I mean? I, if I, it's one of those things where you're like, just because I've got a pandemic doesn't mean I'm going to turn out a sitcom. And so I think it's one of those things where, the, you know, I, I want to get into, like, celebrating the people who, you know, maybe are just, you know, bumbling through in a way so there's like there's like bits of stand-up where I'm writing where I'm thinking you know this isn't just about the pandemic this is about the psychology of it and how it's making people feel and I, and I think that's genuinely an interesting thing to write about anyway so I think that's where my starting point is and and the show sort of evolved really that every week now I'm trying to theme it slightly and we're getting people writing in now and and sort of suggesting things and uh, I always got Gemma in here with me and uh, I've got my mum and dad at the end of the phone. So we're trying to make it, the, the main thing is just to make it positive, really, and a bit of an escape for 50 minutes to an hour every week for people. And how is it having uh, Gemma there as well? Because that I tell you what, that cracked me up so much, just having Gemma, just the, the kind of the one laugh in the room. How is it, you know, kind of performing to, to, to nobody <laughs> other than Gemma? Well, it's been one of those things because I, I was saying that like, when I first started, the first one, I was a bit at sixes and sevens because it's really hard. I didn't really get the idea of performing to a webcam and Gemma being in here. It was really weird. But I think as the weeks have gone on, I've really sort of f- embraced it because I think if you think of the webcam as the audience, you know, you can actually sort of vary that. You can come close to it. You can sort of vary the way you're approaching it. And it's it's a bit like just doing the telly thing i think and i think you can start to make the dynamic work but but having Gemma here i think is the is the missing ingredient because i think it what it's what transcends it from a zoom conference to a gig yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and i think yeah. it was that was that wasn't uh intentional by any means because i just sort of said you know i'm going to do this thing in the shed do you want to just come and sit in and you know so it feels like I'm not doing it on my own. And it, and it, it was really weird. <laughs> I didn't know how it would work. 
and now she started chipping in and she can look at the Facebook feed at the same time. And obviously we've got a few features now where we can banter with each other. And I think it's it's been the missing thing, having a little bit of another human in there uh, has actually made it feel less awkward and more natural. I think it adds so much for for what it's worth. Gemma's laugh is 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 amazing, and know, uh, you're quite right. You know, as so, I've um, I've got a online kind of virtual gig coming up in a couple of weeks, and similarly, my reservations beforehand were, oh, well, surely I wouldn't be able to hear people laughing. But my understanding now is that that you can people in the audience can have their microphones unmuted so that would make it a bit better but obviously having a person there to hear that laughter as you know as a comic that's what we live for so mm. yeah it uh, makes a huge difference i'm sure i think it's just as well what i've realized is that it's a very odd thing because i i think online gigs I, I've, I've got to try and i think i'll be able to process this when we come out a few months out the other side is I think there's Jeff definitely from an artistic point of view, it's been really interesting because I would have said, if you'd have said to me, you know, you're going to be doing a gig at a webcam, you know, I'd be like, no, that sounds like a dreadful idea. But as the time goes on, you start to realize that people want to see stuff. They want to see stand and and it's not stand up in the sort of the, the traditional sense. I think they want to see things that are more, maybe a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more nuanced. But also I think they want to see more of you, more of your personality. And it becomes like a, they, they consider it, I think, more like a friend they are FaceTiming. And I think if you if you approach it from that way, I think it does start to feel like you're having a conversation. I mean, I, I went into it probably naively because when I first started, I didn't know anything about the tech and I just thought I'm going to do it to Facebook because that's the early easiest way of doing it. So I'm not going to have the opportunity to have any audience feedback now. I'm oh, This is the format I'm working with. But having having someone in there with me is great. But I just think it's it's going to be a really interesting thing coming out the other side and how it actually changes your relationship with the audience because i i don't think it'll replace live stand-up but i think it's a it's a an extra dimension that no one could have predicted for sure do you think you'll continue it yeah on the other side yeah absolutely and i and i again i would have said that's not the thing but i think i'm gonna make it a, a weekly thing and i'm gonna make it a like a vlog so what i'm gonna try and use it for is uh, my own new material gig every week and Amazing. That's, that's the plan and, and i think it helps me have a deadline and and it helps me to try things out and if i can maintain that audience i think what people forget is that we're all trying to build an audience aren't we we're all trying to build people that like us and come to see you and invest in you and if you could keep that dialogue going uh, give people things to listen to and watch then i i think it's only going to be better i mean you look at look at how many people have built careers from youtube and, and oh, facebook now yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. we're just surfing that wave now really and that that is not a language that people are uh, are unable to process i think it's just it's maybe for people like me who've who've not done it. It's just been a really interesting experience. I think from a from a writing point of view as well, you know, to to have the pressure of having to write a new, you know, nearly a new hour every week, mm. you know, that is that is a brilliant thing for you as a comic to be able to kind of work that muscle i guess that much and you know i guess it's similar to if you're writing for you know topical news shows for example and it it must 
it must kind of work those muscles in the same way. And obviously you're only going to improve as a comic, I would have thought. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people who are getting sort of scared about, you know, what 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 we're going to be like when we go back gigging. Are we going to be rusty? And I I think I don't I think it's like there's there's more muscles than just performance. You know, if you've come out of this pandemic and you've written, you know, if, God help us if it goes on to Christmas. However, but you know, I I think I will have written so much stuff that I know when I look back over all these videos and all this stuff there'll be stuff there i can use and 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 writing every week means i'm constantly working that muscle and if it's only the fact that within two or three gigs you'll get used to the timing again and yeah, the yeah. fact that you're in people it might be weird when i'm just going shut up will you i just want a webcam uh, can we bring a can we bring a shed on stage? I feel more comfortable in. Chip- I have to wear a chipboard suit to feel more comfortable. Um, but it's like just walking around with a bit of chipboard or something. But it's like I think I think it's one of those things where I know if I keep writing every week, then at least it's not going to be wasted. And 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 I feel like um, I already know because what's been really interesting. They had an Edinburgh show ready to go and everything, which was about uh, it's ironic really. It was about human beings having no time to stop which is really <laughs> i mean the irony of that is beautiful so it really is, so yeah. so that so effectively i'm still going to be doing that show uh, but i'm going to be writing a section all about the pandemic so it's it's actually becoming i said to my wife last night this could actually be the most on point zeitgeist show i've ever written really because i think it's it's interesting to almost have a show post pre-pandemic post-pandemic and say look what have we learned and hours hours one fed into the other you know yeah that's such a cool way of think looking at it and do you think mm. it could you know i guess talking into a camera it's almost preparing you for that work it, it could almost lead anywhere couldn't it you could and you know if it gets seen by the right people i guess yeah, and and I think that's the thing is I'm hoping something does come of it. I mean, we're all in that same situation, you know. I, I have, I, don't get me wrong, I have anxieties. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I have to look at the reality. The reality for me was, you know, I'm 41. I was right poised. I mean, no one knows, you know, one's got a crystal ball, but I was having the best two years of my career, 19 and start of 20. I had so much stuff lined up, and it was all looking like it was going to come together you know I was going to get opportunities and finally try and try and get that break and so I'm I'm not naive to the fact that at the moment everything's on hold and I don't know I have this anxiety about time I don't know if I've got enough time to to put it right because I think for a lot of people starting late in comedy is fine if everything clicks into place but if you know you don't predict a, a full global shut down and i think uh, it's one of those mm. things where my my sort of anxiety of, is you know if if it's if the boat uh, i've missed the boat on on being you know picked up or you know propelled through the industry is it's one of those things where it, it's it's I don't lose sight of the fact that i love doing it and, and that's the thing but there's the reality is you know 41 two children a mortgage give up a career and you just, I've got that in the back of my head where I'm thinking, you know, how long do you have to put, to get to where you need to be? And and it's, it's just a very interesting, that is the constant voice in the back of my head, you see. And, and I think it's been, it's been a lot louder since this pandemic started. Well, I, I, <laughs> I was, I, I can 100% kind of empathise with that for sure, Scott. But 
you you said something and i've said it on the podcast before that you know comedy is is a meritocracy so the people who are the hardest working and are the funniest ultimately are are going to make it and i have every faith that you know someone like yourself and uh, i i've got every faith that you're going to absolutely smash it pandemic or not and you know we're you know really really looking forward to to seeing how you do uh, adjust and how you have adjusted you know you've already kind of done it not to blow smoke up your bum or anything like that but you've you've already shown that you you're that you were one of the first people i knew of certainly when this pandemic started to start doing something virtually and so if you're if you're moving quickly then you know you you're at the head of the queue as it were well that's that's yeah i mean it did make me laugh because someone sent me a message and went oh god i saw you on the, the news and with the shed thing and he said like did, did you who did you get to do pr <laughs> I, was like, I was like i just love i just love the idea that i was imagine that i'm sat at home and i'm going right i'm not gonna I'm not going to go down the live at the Apollo route. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go to Edinburgh, darling. I, I've got a great idea. I'm going to hang back until there's a global pandemic, and then that's, <laughs> that's when, when I'm going to strike. Yeah. That's when I'm going to strike. When when I get, I'm going to get a little bit of fame at a time where I can do absolutely nothing with it. That's when I'm going to be just like. So it's it's very it's it's not by design, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's just, I just want to keep doing this as long as I can. And, and this, this pandemic has cast a little bit of doubt on that because obviously it's, this is a, there's a, there's a, a romance to doing like any of the arts and it's a privilege to do them. And, but there's a reality behind that, isn't there? Which is, you know, you need to look after your family. So it's like one of those things where, you just hope I just want to be able to come out of it and places to be open to gigging, theatres to be back and people wanting to go and sit in the same room as each other. That's the yeah. that's the thing we're all hoping for, I think. It certainly is, yeah, you're not wrong. Um mm. it, it kind of leads, I guess, nicely. One of the things I was I was hoping to ask, you've kind of touched on it already actually, which is nice, but um what what would if you if you look back in five years' time, for example, or ten years time, what would what would constitute a success? What would your what would your dream be if you don't mind me asking over the next few years? Uh, a bigger shed, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think yeah, a, a nice shed with an ensuite. I mean, what's really interesting is Gemma said to me the other night because she's got a, a her own business. So she well, we're both self employed, so we've both been hit by it. But she's sort of trying to pick up the remains of what she's got, and she said, "Oh, I think I." could do with a shed and i'm like this is ridiculous now we're gonna have three <laughs> sheds in the garden i said we might as well get the kids one as well get the kids a shed each and we'll have a line of sheds and it'll look like brighton seafront in our back garden uh, everyone in their own shed we'll sell the house and everyone will just live in their own shed so we'll just see each other every morning you know uh, but I, I think i think um the actual uh the dream really is and it's a very interesting one because I, I i think I think where where comics where I want to be is quite very clear. Really, is I, I want to have uh, be able to tour under my own name in yeah. doing theatres of a certain size, where people come to see you and they buy tickets and they and they they respond to everything you do. I think that's as simple as it gets, really. Um, mm. And you know, be able to have enough um, sort of fame if you like it's a, the wrong word but uh, is enough people are aware of you that that what you do gets 
noticed because I, I, I've, I'm confident that I can produce the quality of things that I want to do. I think it's just fighting through to get noticed is the struggle. So I think mm. I think it's one of those things where, yeah, that would be the same for me. And, and obviously to be able to, you know, have support then doing the projects that I've got that I've wrote and, and, and things that I want to do would be would be lovely. But I think the, the, the key really is that is that following, which is is happening. It's taking time. But, um, you know, that that would be the moment, really. And and I think and of I, course, I, read an, I, oh, I heard an interview. I was just say I heard an interview with um, I forget. It might have been David Baddiel, actually. It was on a podcast and he sort of said when Bill Bailey uh, made it, because a lot of people, what happens is a lot of people, I think, where they're anxious and they're sort of. Um, folk and when they make it, they become nicer people. I think that's what a, a common because the, the the pressure's off or the they they've got that sort of validation. Where I think for Bill Bailey, I think that the common thing was he's just the same. It's just Bill Bailey was before was you know a nice. It just it just and and I think that's the same with me. It's not going to change who I am in any way, but I think what it would do is take the the pressure off a bit uh, and just um, just enable me to get that point where I go oh can take a breath now and and feel like we are where we want to be you know amazing and of course when you've got the um you know stadium tours sell out and you you've already got your (laughs) your idea well you've already got the um stage set up with a shed i imagine easy Uh, do you know what i've got it already Uh, you're laughing (laughs) but um i've already planned that this this the stepping out of the shed show. That's the oh, that's the amazing. thing. So oh, it's going to be. It. I am. I am seriously considering. I, 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 I watched. The, I went to see Oasis when they did uh, the Be Here Now tour in the nineties, and I saw them come out of a giant clock. I think, and it was like a huge set. Wow. And I said to someone, "I need someone to build me a massive shed." with a big door that I'm coming out of. Like, not spinal tap style, where it's really small, but huge. And then I could push the door open. You know what I mean? I'd come through a chipboard structure, and that's the thing. And I am going to... That is the plan. You know, start, you know stepping out of the shed tour. That that's what it's so going to be. Exactly that. So um, I guess uh, as a final question, if that's all right, Sam's obviously going to be entering into the world of stand-up um, and mm. d- just wondered if you had any advice that he might be able to uh, to glean from you and, and use on his journey. Right, Sam, have you got a shed? I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. What would I say? What would I say? I think um, the, the, thing, the thing is, what I would say is um, – Take your time. That's the first thing. Don't rush it. But also, um, try and try and be yourself. And that sounds a weird thing. Is I think there's a lot of when you first start, there's a lot of people who a lot of comics make the mistake of being the comic they think they want to be, whereas actually you've got right. to let that come to you. So I would say, you know, have a think about, you know, just just be natural. Just try and try and relax and try and. Don't try and oversell what you're doing initially, if that makes sense. Try and because uh, the more relaxed does, you are, yeah. the more relaxed the audience will be. And take, yeah, and take a breath as well. Because I, 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 the amount of times I've seen, uh, and I used to do it, is where you go up and you'd grab the mic and you start speaking before you've even put the mic to your mouth because you're so terrified. I would say have a moment just to say hello and look around the room and let the things settle and then and then start doing your stuff. You know. That, that is advice. an amazing yeah that is some great advice great advice i think that's um 
you know, I haven't asked many people for advice. I think mainly only fits, but that is the first bit of good advice that I've I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Also, my, my other bit of advice is keep your guitar on stage because if the shit hits the fan, you can always pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> We've only gone and bloody done it, mate. Uh, our first interview <laughs> with uh, the blooming brilliant Scott Bennett. What do you think? Uh, he was so much fun. Just straight from the off, I felt I felt comfortable in knowing that he's he's actually a funny guy. You know, our first comedian uh, that we've had on the show is is a bloody good one. A um, little bit, so little bit offensive. It bodes um, well. <laughs> oh yeah. Bear in mind that we have literally done every episode together, and you're now saying Scott's the first comedian we've had. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much. <laughs> Well, you know what I meant. What you know thing. what I meant. The, the first third-party comedian. Oh, very nice. Nice. Do you want a shovel to dig yourself out of that hole? <laughs> um, that was. It was amazing. Like all, all joking aside, <laughs> lol. Um, but, but yeah, that that was a lot of fun. And you know what? A what a lovely guy. And B what a what an interesting story. And how he's kind of dealt with this pandemic of the world falling in on itself um you know is is brilliant it's like, i think it's really inspirational and i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that and lovely interview skills by um by the way yeah and to yourself as well i'm very <laughs> impressed with yourself um it was it was really really good fun um i i've i've certainly learned a lot and I, i've um you know i i think now more than ever i'm ex- more excited to do it and uh, i feel like i've got scott's backing to give my hand at comedy and you know what was it we said last week? I was gonna, I was gonna beat you in a competition. I think, didn't we? Um, well, I, I look forward to the day, my friend. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's been quite a, it's been quite a long episode. So I think, um, you know, a thanks so much for, for listening, everyone. Um, we, we really, really, really do appreciate it, and thank you for, for getting in touch. Do what, what can people do to help the, the pod, Samwise? Well, they can, they can, you know, they can give it a like, give it a share, give it a subscribe. Um, you can find us, Commusician Pod, on all the socials or just uh, on your podcast app. Look for uh, Commusician and then and then give it a review. Five-star reviews on iTunes really, really help um, massively. So give us a shout. Or alternatively, you can always email us, commusicianpod at gmail.com uh, and just get in touch. And we'll, you know, we'll have a nice little chat about what we did wrong or what we, what you liked about the pod. Yes, I like the fact that you led with what we did wrong. Brilliant, <laughs> full of confidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can guarantee that we got. Well, you can guarantee that we got Queen wrong in some aspect, didn't we? Like, oh, well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, but what cool. about what about so, Scott? More importantly, what about Scott? Great Bennett? minds how... think alike, my friend. Great minds. Um, how can people get in touch with Scott Bennett? You're quite right. So, um, Scott B Comedy UK is his handle on Instagram and Twitter. Um, on Facebook, he is Scotty B Comedy, and on YouTube, if you search for Scott Bennett, you will find him. So, um, yeah, please, please do. And you know, he's he's kind of a spotlight. We couldn't really put our spotlight on anyone else on this episode, I don't think, could we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Would be um, a little bit. Yeah. I totally agree, and and as well, you know, if you've got some time free, I I highly recommend going over to Facebook and just search for Stand Up in the Shed, uh, and and watch a couple of the, his stand up uh, shows. They are they are fantastic, and they certainly 
you know, brought, brought a, a many a smile to my face during these trying times. They did. They did. And they will continue to do. And, and you know, I, I very, very much feel like we've had a bit of a coup by getting him on because I, I love Scott and I think he is destined for greatness. And so uh, we from from all of us, i.e. you and me, Sam, at Commusician, we wish you the very best of luck, <laughs> Scott. Not that you need it. <laughs> yes, we do. We really, really do. Amazing. Uh, well, anybody out there, just give them a listen. Tell us what you think. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. We will indeed. We shall bid you adieu for now. But much love. And to you, Mr. Turner, have a great week. See you in a bit. And, and to you, Mr. Fitz. Bye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Com Musician Pod. Intro music was Gangster Life by Dirty Blueprint. This podcast was brought to you by Fitz and Sam. See you next week. <laughs>